Good morning. Today is day 72 of moving mountains beneath my feet. It is 94 days on our journey around the sun and there's 271 days left in the year. And this is episode 49. And so um, I had a few things come to me that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of them being what's happened for me throughout this journey and after this, uh, after this retreat that I went on. Um, before the retreat, maybe a few days, I'm doing these hikes every single day, 72 days now. Um, and I saw a hummingbird uh, kind of off in the distance. And I was, uh, I was like, you know what? And I was shooting content, shooting video. I said, you know what? I want to see a hummingbird really up close. And I want it to come to me and I want it to be able to to, to, to see it up close. And I just literally said that to the universe. I said, I, that's what I want. Send me a sign. This is what I want to see. And I didn't really have any, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't have any like, oh my God, I have to go try to like stake one out and wait for it and, and hunt it and find one, <clears throat> set a trap. None of those things, you know, not a trap, but you know, set a feeder up and everything. I just had that thought and let it go. And lo and behold, when I got to the, to the uh, retreat, we stayed at this really cool, like rustic Airbnb with a bunch of rooms in the rainforest. And in the room, this is the same one that we stayed at last year in El Yunque rainforest. And I walked into the same room that I stayed in last time. I had this room to myself last year. I walked in and there's these bars on the windows. The windows are wide open, but there's bars on the windows. There's also a basketball goal right in front of this window. And then, uh, and, um, the bars, right? So I walk into this room and a hummingbird is, there's no reason for the hummingbird to be there, but this hummingbird literally floated, um, right in front of me, like literally less than maybe a foot away from me in my face between the basketball goal and the bars. I could have reached out and touched this hummingbird and it just stayed there and hovered there, looking at me, floating around, like moving barely, but like hovering there, stayed for like a good three seconds, um, acknowledged me and floated off, right? And so I was like, oh my God, I just saw this hummingbird. And you know, I was like, wow, and blah, blah, blah. I didn't really think anything of it. It wasn't until after the retreat that, um, I ended up looking it up and uh, what it said, the message that, you know, the meaning behind hummingbirds was um, that the challenging times are over and healing can begin, right? That was the message. Also, uh, it can mean something about, you know, relatives uh, visiting you and things like that. But the challenging times are over and healing can begin was a message that I was like, wow, okay. You know, this whole podcast started because I was in a really hard, dark place and, you know, on the tail end of some really challenging times. And so hearing that message was really, uh, really profound. Well, yesterday, uh, again, after having a hard day, you know, I'm sitting in silence up at the top of the mountain and uh, I'm sitting in like this trail area, quiet, quiet, quiet. And I'm recording messages, uh, video messages to my, my person being vulnerable about some things. Um, and no later 
then I end the message. I'm literally sitting on this trail and the hummingbird comes and comes into my face, like literally just floating in my face again, stops in front of me, looks at me, floats there for a few seconds, hovers around the area and then leaves. And I couldn't help but like feel super emotional about this because, um, you know, I've forgotten and it's easy to forget, but I've forgotten kind of like, yo, these hard times that you've been going through, these challenging times, they're over, right? They're done with. Like, that doesn't mean I'm never going to have a hard time, but, you know, these challenges are over and it's time for you to, to begin healing. It's time for you to move towards more of what you want. And just the way that it reminded me was just insanely beautiful. Um, at the same time, it's starting to rain now. Um, I was doing some attachment uh, style kind of studying and work on my attachment style. And um, it dawned on me right after that moment, right? This is all happening in real time. Uh, it's raining. It's pretty hard. So the rain ruined my more than half of my recording. So I'm just adding this part on. I was talking about having this moment of breakthrough kind of clarity of where one of my core wounds comes from in a certain relationship that I had that I didn't realize was still affecting me. Um, it was one of my earlier, probably my earliest major relationship besides one more before that. It's in high school, um, long term, three years. And I realized that the events of that relationship stayed with me and helped to form some of the trauma that I've been living with that has caused one of my core wounds, the fear of abandonment. And I was able to, in this moment, um, cut the cord with this person, with this energy, and I felt like a kind of release. It's really, really profound. Um, also in line with the healing can begin, right? Um, that message, I had just seen the hummingbird, literally. <laughs> and so this is really profound. And I can't recommend enough the study of the attachment styles. If you don't know what your attachment style is, I think this is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself, for your people in your life, for your relationships. It really is about understanding who you are, why you are, how you show up, why you show up the way that you do in relationships, why people react to you the way that they do in relationships. And it really helps you to create healthier relationships with yourself and healthier relationships with others. And I do believe this is one of the most important things that any human can do for their lives because relationships are so important. Um, and in understanding mine and understanding my partners, um, it has been the deepest growth, the biggest changes in myself. Such a big aha moment for me that this was being illuminated, that this was one of the core events, one of them, that led to my anxious attachment style. And so now with this awareness and being able to cut the cord on that person and that event, just coming to terms with, okay, you're not crazy. This is you know, dealing with trauma and uh, things that 
you know, you reacted a certain way. You've learned that the world was a certain way and so you've adjusted. And so where these fears and, and things come from, where that wound is, now that I know where it is, I can heal it, right? So anyway, long story short, I definitely want to recommend um, a woman named Thais Gibson. She runs the Personal Development School. I've mentioned, I mentioned her several times. She has the best content I've ever found on this. But if you don't know your style, go online, take an attachment style quiz. It'll take you five minutes. And I promise you, you have never been more seen, heard, or understood than once you understand your attachment style. Things in your life, why relationships failed, or why they worked, why they didn't work, will make sense after you start to dive into this content. And you can view other people and your relationships with others with compassion when you can understand yourself and you understand what they're going through, right? My, my person is, that I'm paired with is the opposite kind of um, style. Well, we're, we're very similar, but her things trigger me and my wounds and my things trigger her and her wounds. And because we're both understanding of this dynamic in our styles, we are able to grow uh, through things, right? I'm able to examine instead of react, or even if I do react, I can understand why I'm reacting a certain way, why I'm feeling a certain way, why she might be feeling a certain way, why the way that I'm showing up and what I'm doing is making her feel something. And I can adjust to be compassionate and understanding of her and she can do the same for me. It literally makes um, a relationship dynamic that would cause a toxic relationship and an unhealthy one without this information to be the most healing, the most nurturing, the best kind of relationship because we're growing through things. Um, and it's really beautiful, the changes that I've noticed in myself, the changes I've noticed in her, um, the progress that I've made as a human being. And so I definitely want to recommend that. One of the things that uh, my style kind of struggles with is speaking up for what my wants and needs are. Um, I always put other people's needs and desires and wants uh, first. Um, can have a people-pleasing tendency and um, you know doesn't speak up for what I want out of fear of the consequences. This comes from being told that my needs weren't valid before or being ignored, whether they were too much, um, younger and younger, my younger years. And so having needs, having wants is, uh, is hard to communicate because you fear the consequences that may happen. And this is something that I'm going to definitely grow on and work on more and more as I'm becoming more aware. And just like I listened to this podcast the other day about attachment styles, and uh, it really baffled me or blew my mind that there's so much still to learn about myself and about this style and what I need, things I can ask for that would be really helpful, right? So for example, one that stood out for me, I'm tired, <laughs> I'm at the top of the mountain now, um, is that anxious attachment styles can really benefit from understanding and knowing and having clarity about the next time you're gonna to get to see someone, right? So 
understanding and having something to look forward to instead of this ambiguity, not knowing the next time you're going to see somebody, um, you know, you can ask for that. You can say, Hey, um, I'd really love to know when's the next time I'm going to get to see you. You can say that, <laughs> right? It's not, um, you're being clear about what you're wanting and what you're needing. And so that's just one example. There's so many different examples. Um, you know, for example, another one real quick, um, you know, if somebody doesn't text very often to you, you can, uh, you can ask them to be like, Hey, um, just let me know if you're going to be busy and that you, you know, we'll talk later, right? Something like that along the, along those lines is like, you know, Hey, I'm going to be busy. You know, you can ask this of your partner. Hey, I'm going to be busy all day with this, but, um, I'm looking forward to connecting later on tonight or whatever. And that can help an anxious person to subside their, you know, the stories that they tell. And so this is only going to work with somebody who's willing to, um, to play ball, right? But also just knowing that these are things that you want and need and your preferences and that they're okay and you're not crazy um, is something really, really powerful. And there's something like that for each attachment style. Um, there's a lot of things like that for each attachment style based on the things that you're needing to work on and the things that you want and need. And so again, so valuable. I can't recommend it enough. I think I'm way over time now <laughs> combined uh, with this new side of the message. And so with that, I want to wish you a beautiful, magical, magnificent day. Uh, blessings.